Welcome to Ask the Preacher with Pastor Wayne Freed. I was out of jail on bond, facing over 100 years in prison, reaching for a gun to blow my brains out when God stopped me with a vision. I know what it is to be down and out. I know what it is to be up, and up is better. I told the Lord I was going to find out if the Bible was really true, and let me tell you, friend, that it is. The Bible is really true. Ask the Preacher, designed so that you can have your questions answered according to what the Bible says. Well, hello, this is Wayne Freed from Believer's Fellowship. I uh, am Jonathan Freed's dad, and we did radio here for 16 and a half years, maybe 17 years. I have Jonathan Aligato with me. I think you have met him before. Hey, everybody. Good to be with you. Our radio audience. Hey, we got so much to talk about today. Don't hardly know where to start, but here's what I really want to talk to you about. And so if you have a, a question... Um, hold it for a little bit, but you can call at area code 863-682-1430. But I got some things I want to say. I want to talk about growing up spiritually. It's all through the New Testament, but there's some scriptures that are so blatant in your face that if you're not having this experience where you attend church, I'm going to encourage you to find a church that does do it because in Ephesians 4.11, Ephesians 4, 11. It says, and it gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, and for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now, that's, that's uh, reading it in the King James with all the commas, and the commas were added by the translators. But if you were to take that and do some study on it, he's saying he is the fivefold ministry gift, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers are here to equip the saints for the work of service. And to build up or edify the body of Christ. So he is, they are here to train us to do the works of Jesus. You may remember over in John 14, 12, where Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee. That means the same thing as what we'd say today. If we said, I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God. Verily, verily, Jesus said, I say unto thee, He that believeth in me, or on me, I forget. I think it's, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do because of going to my Father. If you ask anything in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorifying the Son. That's verse 13 and then 14. If you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. Now, <laughs> that's, that's pretty blatant, isn't it? If you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. People say, yeah, well, that doesn't work. Well, it, <laughs> it, it will work when you're a mature Christian. But God's not giving a powerful anointing to little children who might go and, and blow somebody away off the road because they cut them off in traffic. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. You've got to walk in love, and you have to develop the love walk so that you're like Jesus was. And in, in 1 John 4, 17, it says, For as he is, so are we in this world. We can reach that place of maturity where we do walk in the Spirit. Now, that's a message all its own, but let's come back now to Ephesians 4, 11, and 12, where uh, the Holy Spirit said, through the uh, Apostle Paul, that the fivefold ministry gift, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, uh, are to equip the saints for the work of service and to build up the body of Christ. Now, I'm going to start reading from verse 13. Till we all come in the unity of the faith. So we still have apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers because we haven't come into the unity of the faith yet. You can ride through Lakeland and find Methodists, Episcopalian, uh, Assembly of God, Baptist. I mean, you know, no, we're not in the unity of the faith yet. And of the knowledge of the Son of God, that means the full knowledge, mature knowledge, exact knowledge, 
unto the perfect man. That's a full-grown man. So till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure, listen to this, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. God wants you and me to grow up in Christ. Amen. Not yes. to, remind, to, to always remind, remain babies with a nipple in your mouth. Now, it's all right to have a nipple in your mouth when you're a genuine baby, but when you've got to split the uh, white whiskers to get the nipple in, there's something wrong. Verse 14, that we henceforth be no more children. Now, you can't say it much plainer than that. Right. That we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie and wait to deceive. I read that within the last five years. Uh, it's been a while. I don't remember exactly when. But I've been reading that for 54 years. But I read it four or five years ago, and it about knocked my socks off. People lie and wait to deceive? You mean they deceive Christians on purpose? They purposely deceive. Did you know that that uh, I can't get, I can give you the references, but it takes too much time. Did you know that the number one sign of the second coming of Jesus is deception? Mm. Wow. You, if you want to find that real fast, I'll just tell you it's in Mark 13 and Matthew 24. It's in a lot of other places too, but they really deal with it there. Jesus does. Okay, cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him into all things, which is the head, even Christ. He wants us to grow up. He wants us to stop being children. Listen, when Jesus comes back for his bride, the church, he's not coming back for little children. Mm. He wants us. He's coming back for sons. Did you know Lord of hosts means Lord of armies? And that Lord of hosts is used something like 10 times more than any other phrase uh, talking about the Lord. He's a Lord of armies. Uh, you know, in Second Timothy two, two and three, that that's our calling at Believers Fellowship is the commitment of the faithful be able to teach others also. And it says, if you endure hardness as a soldier, and he that uh, Jonathan, do you, do you remember how to quote that? Uh, he that's enlisted does not en entangle himself with the affairs of the world again. Of this he, life, he, yes. he doesn't go back. Thank you, thank you. Sometimes my mind will go blank on me there. But now let me let me say this: we're going to grow up into Him at all things which is the head, even Christ, verse 16, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth. Everybody needs their find their place in the body of Christ, and I don't mean you just hang out there forever. I mean we grow from yes, place amen. to place, and we develop, and, and we become like Jesus. When we're yielded to the Holy Spirit, we can do whatever the need arises, whatever need arises. Um, if every joint supplieth according to the effectual working and the measure of every part maketh increase of the body under the edifying of itself in love. Well, I really wanted to uh, to deal with that because I think that's one of the biggest things. We we are to walk by faith and not by sight. Second Corinthians five seven. We walk by faith and not by sight. Mm -hmm. You could say we walk by the word of faith. Yeah. We walk by the word, we walk by sight, and not by faith. But we should walk by the word yes, and not by sight. We should walk by the word of faith because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, Romans 10, 17. So we should walk by the word and not by sight, seeing, okay? We should walk by the word, not by seeing, hearing, touching, tasting, or smelling. We should walk by the word, not by the senses, if the word says by a stripes you were healed, don't you say you're not? Right, right. You say, but I'm not. Well, but I'm two... in pain, though. 
Yeah. Well, there's two kinds of knowledge. If you're going to say what is, you're not going to change anything. Mm. You have to call those things which be not as though they were. As though they were. Romans, Romans 4:17. We we can't call what is what it is and see a change. It, it it will remain the same. So when we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth, this is how we get saved. This yep. is how we get healed. Preservation. The word is sozo in the Greek. If you shall confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that uh, the Lord Jesus, um, thou shalt be saved. And the word in the Greek is sozo, so it means preservation, healing, deliverance, safety, and soundness. If you want preservation, man, I almost hit some, I was on a motorcycle here a while, don't have time for this, so I'm going to be brief. I almost hit some barricades. I mean, I slid sideways. I was flying. And, and just the Spirit of God, I lift, I don't know how I did it, but I got, I got between these two things. I thought I was going to lose fingers on both sides with the handlebars. But it, so I'm just saying that's preservation. God yes. will preserve you. He will protect you. He, he will save, heal, set free, deliver, you know, anything. you got a habit, you can be free from it by believing, by confessing it, and believing yeah, it. Yeah, but i got to line my mouth up with what he's doing. Absolutely. If I'm speaking contrary to what he's doing, because simply as this, God's not looking. He's just looking for people who will agree with him is what it boils down to. If he said it, I believe it, and that settles it. I just need to line my mouth up, no matter what I see, touch, taste, hear, or smell, you know, concerning I had a metal flake get in my eye. I was out at the church working. Got a piece of metal just shot up right in my eye. I was wearing safety glasses now, but it found its way in my eye. And these thoughts come, to, as they do to all of us, of the worst-case scenario. And just by the Spirit of God, just thinking, nope, my eye is going to be fine. I, I'm going to have full sight. Nothing's going to be wrong with my eye, and I just rejoice. Second Thessalonians 5, 16 through 23, rejoice always. Rejoice always. And I said, Lord, I just rejoice that though this came, that, you know, it's going to be okay and my sight will be fine because his word <coughs> says it will. And I live by faith and not by sight. Romans 3, 3 and 4. Let God be true and every man a liar. That, that thou, thou mayest may be, be justified, justified in thy sayings and overcome when thou art judged. All right. You're listening to Ask the Preacher. The number in the studio is area code 863-682-1430. And we'll be right back right after these words. You're listening to Ask the Preacher, a question-and-answer talk show with Pastor Wayne Freed of Believer's Fellowship Word of Faith Church. Welcome back to Ask the Preacher. This is Wayne Freed with Jonathan Alagato. Hey, everybody. And uh, we are standing in uh, today on behalf of Pastor John. Uh, on the pa- Pastor John and um, I'm trying to George think. Locke. George Locke. I'm sorry about that, George. Um, I want to finish what we were saying in a nutshell real quickly when we were talking about that God gave the fivefold ministry gifts. This is Ephesians 4, 11 through 16, Ephesians 4, 11 and 12, and he gave apostles, some apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of service and to build up the body of Christ till we all come in the unity of the faith under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ under the perfect man. Um, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him and to all things, which is the head, even Christ. And then he tells us to find our place in the body. Now, I, I went back through that because I want you to know that when you're a baby Christian, things are differently, uh, work a little differently. Uh, God treats a four-year-old 
differently than a 14-year-old, just like you do and anybody else with common sense. Mm-hmm. A little bitty kid, little baby, they don't, they're learning. They, right, they don't right. really know. But if you're 14 years old and, and you have to be told constantly to get up and get out of bed and make your bed, whatever the case may be, then there's something lacking there in the discipline. Um, actually, I, I don't have time for this, so just write it down. It's Proverbs thirteen twenty four. You could write, preach the whole Bible out of that one verse. <laughs> it, everybody needs discipline to train their flesh to submit to the Holy Spirit. Okay, but what I want to want to bring out is that when you first get saved, then God treats you differently. So. We operate in the gifts of the Spirit, and it seems like everything you get prayed for just falls on you. You know, it's Matthew 7, 7, and 8. Matthew 7, 7 says, ask, and it'll be given you. Mm-hmm. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, and it'll be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, get this, for everyone that asketh, receiveth. And to he that knocketh, it shall be opened unto him. I, I'm sorry, I left that out. He that seeketh, uh, findeth. Shall, findeth, and he that... Uh, knock it that shall be open on here. So here, here's what I'd, I'd like you to look at this way. When, when you're just a babe, you can just ask, and it just seems like everything falls on you. But if it doesn't fall on you, that means you're growing, and God expects you to seek and find out. I'd love to get into this. Find out where you're missing it, because God doesn't miss it, so it's got to be on his end. I mean, on your end. My goodness. And then the third thing is knock. So if you ask and it doesn't just happen, you know, you, 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 it, it, there's something blocking, then you need to go to the Lord and say, Lord, I know you don't miss it, so it's got to be on my end. I don't know where I'm missing it, but it's got to be me. Isn't that a beautiful attitude? Yeah. And so the Lord will show you where you're missing it, and then you need to fix it. And then things will come in. Now, if you don't have anything there, if there's no sin in your life, it's not a lack of faith, and, and, and there's no, no problem there with you sharing your knowledge with other people, I just don't have time to break all those down. But, but, and, and if you've spoken to the mountain, that's the fourth one, uh, and, and, and it still hasn't come to you, then the, the next thing is to knock. And that, that I, I liken it to speaking to the devil and saying, you foul spirit of infirmity, you get out in Jesus' name. I bind you and uh, take authority. Brother Hagin said, if the money's not coming in, I just dealt with sickness, but, but it's, it's all comes from the curse of the law, poverty, sickness, and spiritual death. And Christ has redeemed us from poverty, sickness, spiritual death, the curse of the law in Galatians 3.13. So when, when it comes down to that and you rebuke that thing, you speak to that, and that's how you get victory. But Amen. there's too many Christians that says God's trying to teach them something, yet they're not learning anything uh, through sickness and things like that that contradicts John 10.10. 10. It says, The thief cometh not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. But I'm come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. One, one of the things that, that really bothers me about that is that people uh, live like the world. Instead of having supernatural manifestations of God, they are living without. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think that's more relevant in today's culture, too. We've just kind of accepted, uh, if I can say it like, as a religious, Christianity is just a religion instead of continuing to see God's powerful manifestations that the Word talks about. I mean, I, 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 I mean, the circles we run, we, you know, that we're in, yeah, we, we hear about that, but far fewer than we did 100 years ago, 200 years ago, do you hear about, you know, the miracles of God in people's lives? And I think it's become kind of uh, regular just to say, well, God's teaching me something. 
or I guess it's God's will that I'm not getting healed. Well, you, you know, there are four places that says the just shall live by faith. Habakkuk 2.4, Romans 1.17, Galatians 3.11, and Hebrews 10.38. The just shall live by faith. Now, in uh, Hebrews 1, the last part of that verse says, in the, in the Amplified particularly, faith perceives this real fact. Hebrews 11. You know, what did I say? You said 1. I'm sorry. Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11. 1. 1. Faith perceives this real fact, what is not revealed to the senses. you got to believe you got it before you get it. Mm. Mark eleven twenty four. What things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive it and you shall have it. you got to believe you, that you have it before you get it. You have to believe that you receive it. Faith always starts in the heart. Yes. Amen. And so uh, I, I mentioned last segment that in, in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, we walk by faith and not by sight. So we walk by the word of faith, Romans 10, 8, the word of faith which we preach. The word of faith is what we walk by, not by sight. We walk by the word and not by sight. We walk by the word and not by the senses. Now, I was told from high up in a Bible university that they believe the word of faith is a cult. If you just quote the word to stand on it, Mm. that that's a cult. You know, there was a man talking to Brother Hagin, and, and he said to him, he said, well, not everybody interprets the word like you do. And Brother Hagin said, I didn't interpret it. I just quoted it. He was quoting Matthew eight seventeen. himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. And the man kept saying, yeah, but everybody doesn't see it that way. Everybody doesn't interpret it the same way. He said, I didn't interpret it. I simply quoted it. He said, if I told you that my wife went to town and took my wife to town last Saturday and bought her a purse, well, how would you interpret that? I bought her a, cat, a car? <laughs> you know, it's, just believe the word. Just believe that God is big enough Amen. to keep his word and Amen. to get it put down. Well, they say it's been translated, mistranslated, and misquoted. Don't you think God's big enough to keep the point, the point, the main thing, the main thing? You're listening to Ask the Preacher, the number of studios there at 863-682-1430. And we'll be right back with Ask the Preacher right after these words. Welcome back to Ask the Preacher, a question-and-answer talk show with Pastor Wayne Freed of Believer's Fellowship Word of Faith Church. Hey, folks, this is Wayne Freed. I, I want to tell you real quick, I've been trying to get to it, and I'm, I've got to get change subjects, but we were talking about growing up in Jesus, uh, Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. He gave the five-fold ministry gifts, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, to help the church to grow up. He wants us to stop being children. It says so, it says so in verse 13 and 14 and 15 real plainly, that you henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie and wait to deceive. And deception is the number one thing about the second coming of Jesus. That's the number one thing. When they asked Jesus in Matthew 24 and Luke um, 13, uh, I'm sorry, Luke, Luke 21 and Mark 13, um, they're asking him about is deception, deception, deception. There's so much deception right now. We need to start believing the Bible just like it's written. And it's not going to be long where you're not going to be able to go to the doctor. You're not going to be able to trust in the bank. You're not going to be able to do any of these natural things without selling your soul. The mark of the beast, the 666 or whatever. We had a little foretaste of that. God's mercy gave us a chance to see what's coming. 
Yes. And if, if you're still wearing a mask and, and taking a shot that's killing people, uh, you're, you you know, get your head out of the sand and get your head in the Bible and find out what God's Word says. All things are possible to him that believeth. And so we need to get into the, the Bible and find out how to make it work for you. If the Bible's not working for you, you're going about it wrong. Mm. You know, let's just find out God's words. You're going to, uh, uh, John 12, 48, we're going to be judged by the words that Jesus spoke. I have people, I talk to them all the time. They're so ingrained in unbelief because they've been brought up in churches that preach unbelief. Why don't you, when somebody comes to me and tells me that healing's passed away, God doesn't do that anymore, and, 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 uh, uh, financial problems, you know, in Mark 10, 29 and 30, Jesus said, if any man forsake mother and father and homes and lands for my sake and the gospel, he'll receive a hundredfold now in this life. And then he names them mothers and fathers and homes and lands. Uh, you, you know, you, you just have to be antichrist not to believe the Bible. And uh, boy, that, that sounds like a strong statement, but you'd be surprised that spirit will get on anybody that opens up to it. And uh, unbelief is a terrible thing. Yes. Unbelief is like putting a little bit of salt in your Coca-Cola. It just changes the taste. Just a little bit of unbelief will ruin you. Um, I want to talk to you about the second coming of Jesus, but let me say this. We don't live by the gifts of the Spirit. We walk by faith, not by sight. And most Christians, even Pentecostal Christians, tongue-talking, Bible-believing Christians, Spirit-filled, they still have a tendency to walk after the flesh. And I'll give you something that's just mind-boggling if you'd read it in the 8th chapter of Romans. The whole 8th chapter is just super, super powerful. But verse 13 says, if you live after the flesh, you'll die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. And verse 14 says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. God wants you to learn how to be led by the Spirit. And the Spirit and the Word agree. The Lord will lead you through his word and tell you there's a, there's an inner voice of the Holy Spirit saying, that's right, that's right, that's right, this is true, this is true. Um, we, we need to not always be looking for the gifts of the Spirit. So many of the full gospel people have been to the tent meetings, they've been to churches where people are called out through the word of knowledge and the, and the word of wisdom and the gifts of healings are operating and they're prophesied over and, they, and all these things are happening. But they'll say, yeah, I remember when I was a young Christian, it seemed like I was always getting healed, but I had not been healed in years now. Well, when are you going to believe you've received it? Amen, amen. When I are you going to believe it? Well, when I get it. Well, what in the world would you want to believe it then for? Seems to me like you'd know it then. Mm. Did you hear that? Brother Hagen ministering to a lady preacher. He prayed for her and she said, nope, nope, didn't get it, still got the pain. She started to walk away. The Lord said, now you can't help her, but if you do what I tell you, you can help the church, you can help the congregation. So he did what he, the Lord said. And he stopped her. He said, ma'am. And she stopped and turned around and looked at it. He said, when are you going to believe that you've received your healing? Well, she said, when I get it. He said, what in the world would you want to believe it then for? It seemed to me like you'd know it then. She says, say that again. He said, when are you going to believe that you've received your healing? I have to hurry. And, 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 and he said, well, when you, when you, uh, she said, well, when I get it. And he said, what in the world would you want to believe it then for? It seemed like you'd know it then. That's twice. She said it again. Say that, uh, say that again. He said, when are you going to believe that you've received your healing? She said, well, when I get it. He said, what in the world would you want to believe it then for? Seems to me like you'd know it then. Now, people in the congregation were picking it up. Every time he went through that, they were picking it up, picking it up. Some of them were starting to laugh and ch chuckle and talk and everything and made her mad. And, and so she said, say that one more time. And he said, when, this is the fourth time, when, this really happened. When are you going to believe 
that you have received your healing. Well, she scratched her head and stomped her foot and said, well, when I get it. And he said, what in the world would you want to believe it then for? Seems to me like you'd know it then. Can you understand you got to believe you got it before you get it? Mark 11, 24. What things soever? Hey, how about Mark 11, 23? How about Mark 11, 22? Where he says, have the faith of God. Have faith in God. Other translate, have the faith of God. For whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. When you have to believe, that word receive is translated like 15 other times in the New Testament as take it. Believe you take it. Believe you received it. Mm. Don't keep praying about it. If you think you received it, thank God for it and tell the devil he's a liar. I've lost some good friends, good godly friends. People have a walk with God that's so good you'd envy it. I mean, they just cuddle up in God's lap. You know, they really do have a great walk with God. But did they die of some disease? And I want you to know it wasn't God's will that they died. But they kept talking to God. They should have started, started talking to the devil. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain. I remember Norville Hayes, great man of God, businessman, talking to a lady, lost her husband through cancer. And so he's, the Lord prompted him, and he said to her, uh, uh, he, he said, did, read Mark eleven twenty three, And she did. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall have come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. And she changed the subject a little bit, started talking again. He said, but read Mark eleven twenty three again. He had to do it on the fourth time. He said, each time he mentioned to her, did you speak to the mountain? And she changed the subject and go off. Did you speak to the mountain? And she'd keep talking. Did you speak to the And a fourth time, he said, did, but did you speak to the mountain? And she said, no, I didn't speak to the mountain. She just blew up on him. Well, then she didn't do what the word said. She was waiting for God to rebuke the devil. I'm going to tell you something. God's not rebuking devils today. Amen. His children are. He's chosen the foolish thing of the world to confound the wild. He lets the kids do it. That's exactly right. He's done all he's going to do about the devil until Revelation chapter 20, verse 1, where one angel with one hand takes the devil and throws him in the bottomless pit. Now listen. Don't ask God to do what he's told you to do. He told the disciples to cast out devils. Uh, Matthew 10 and 9. Mm. Luke 9 and 10, I get them mixed up sometimes. He gave the disciples power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall the enemies hurt you. That's, that's Luke 10, 19. He told us as Christians, he said, These signs shall follow Mark, Mark, Mark 16, 15, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and baptized to be saved, he that believeth not to be damned, and these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They'll cast out devils. Who cast them out? The children do. The Christian. children of God. Yes. Amen. Oh, I could go on. I could tell you stories, little girls and stuff. I remember last summer I was talking about her, her mama was so, uh, had a headache so bad, wasn't going to go to church. She said, well, she said, I, I ought to call uh, Brother Sumrall. And a little, I think she was a four-year-old girl. She said, Mama, you don't need to call Brother Sumrall. I can do whatever Brother Sumrall can, come, uh, uh, can do. And she went over there and said, in the name of Jesus, come out of her. And she said, you know, it almost made me mad. It did come out. I was fine. Went to church. Now, I'm telling you, you you got to stop asking God to do what he's told you to do, and you need to stop asking God to do something he's already done. To do something he's already done. And 
It's in the atonement. Find out what the curse of the law is. Galatians 3.13, poverty, sickness, and spiritual death. You have been delivered from poverty, sickness, and spiritual death. Read Deuteronomy chapter 28. Oh, you got to get into a church that teaches the word. You got to get into a church that's a faith church, a, 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 a church that believes God instead of what you can see here, touch, taste, and smell. Babies, get it through the miracles. But the sons of God, they know their authority in Jesus. And they know that all things have been put under the feet of Jesus. And we're in the body, so they're under our feet. Amen. Grow up in Jesus. Grow up in Jesus. Eric, do we need to take a break? <laughs> okay. All right. You're listening to Ask the Preacher. And we'll be right back right after these words. You're listening to Ask the Preacher, a question-and-answer talk show with Pastor Wayne Freed of Believer's Fellowship Word of Faith Church. Okay, I got it, man. I'm, I'm excited. This is Wayne Freed with Jonathan Alligato, <laughs> and we are sitting, standing in for John Locke and Jonathan Freed, uh, who is my son. I want to tell you that Jesus is coming. Let me, just let me tell you something. I want to take you through the book of Revelation real fast, Okay. But you, you keep this in mind. Uh, first off, in case I don't get back to it, go to Daniel 12, 4. And he says, seal up the words of the book until the time of the end. Now, I'm going to take you to Revelation chapter 5 in a minute. And the angel says, unseal the book. There's a book with seven seals. And, uh, but they said, there's nobody can open the book. Nobody's worthy. And John weeps. Read it and amplified. He weeps greatly. I usually tell people, he fell on his face and bawled like a baby, you know. He really was weeping because nobody could open the book. But the angel said, wait a minute. The lion of the, the tribe, tribe of, of Judah, Judah can open the book. And Jesus comes up and takes one seal off, and we move into Revelation chapter 6. I'm going to come back to that. But in Daniel, he's told to seal up the words of the book until the time of the end. He said, this is Daniel 12, 4. Read 1 through 4. And he says, um, many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. Man, I used to drive 40 miles to work one way as an iron worker when I was a young Christian. And, and, and the, by the time I got saved, uh, many a run to and fro. It's amazing the traveling we do today. And he said, knowledge shall be increased. Did you know that we lived basically in darkness, lighting a candle, until 1996, I believe it was? When they discovered the incandescent... 1896. 18, yeah, thank you, thank you. 1896, the incandescent... Incandescent. That's hard for me to... Incandescent bulb, the automobile, and the airplane. All at the turn of the century, 1896. Before that, we rode horseback. Yeah. Now, I'm telling you, folks, knowledge has increased in the last 150 years or so, um... It's just, uh, is that 19? I, I heard a stat the other day that said <laughs> That's uh, we're at the point now where technology, because technology advances exponentially. Yes. Because one one technological advancement propels the next one. And they, I've, I heard a stat the other day said every five years, technology doubles. Well, I heard it's every four months now. That is just, that is. Cr- it's snowballs. Well, it's snowballs. Okay, folks, listen to me now. You go to Revelation chapter 1. Jesus appears to John. John, um, the one that Jesus loved. The one that laid his head on his bosom. The, and, and, and instead of being the lamb, he is the lion. He is the lion of Judah. He laid down his life like a lamb, but he came back. And now, if you read the first chapter 
of, of revelation, you'll see Jesus like he is. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then the second and third chapter talk about the seven churches of Asia. And then the fourth chapter is the rapture. The fourth chapter of Revelation, verse 1, says after these things, after this, he's talking about after the church age. We are right at the end of the church age. There are people who, I, oh man, I, I, I want to get off into it, but we, there are some mature Christians out there. Now, I know there's a lot of babies, but there's some mature Christians out there, and they walk like Jesus walked, and they walk above all this. I got a picture on my phone of, of uh, uh, Larry Hutton. We just had him at the church. He had a growth on the side of his face. Look like these mushrooms you get in the steakhouse, you know. <laughs> he never did go to the doctor, never put any medication on it, just rebuked that thing. Amen. And, uh, uh, he got it in, in June, and in October it was going away, and now you've got pictures of can't see anything. It's just perfectly healed. No scar, nothing. You know, the Word of God is true if you'll stand on it. Okay, so in the fourth chapter is the rapture. The church is not mentioned again until about the 19th chapter of Revelation. And so... The church is gone. In chapter 5, there's a book, and it's got seven seals. And and Jesus comes and opens the first seal. That brings us to chapter 6, verse 1. Now listen clearly to this. There are the four horsemen of the apocalypse. The first one is not Jesus. It's, he comes on a white horse, but that's the Antichrist. And it conquers, and there's lots of wars. There's going to be a lot of wars in the first three and a half years of the tribulation period. But after the, in the middle of the tribulation, when the Antichrist reveals who he is, the death rate is going to be so horrendous. It's um, never been that bad in all the world. So let me come back now to the sixth chapter, verse 1. It's the white horse, the four horses of the apocalypse. The first one's the Antichrist on the white horse. The second one's a red horse, and that's wars. He starts wars, and people, uh, it, it's, just, it's just really bad. Now, all right, the next one is the black horse. And that's famine. And uh, according to Dake's annotated Bible, did I say that right? Anyway, there's going to, the cost of food will go up eight times what it normally is. And then the next horse is the pale horse in the King James. Uh, the word in the Greek is green, like the green grass. It's translated that way several places. And, uh, and that's going to be a time, I guess I should have turned in my Bible to it. Um, the green horse isn't this awful? Here I am now spinning in my great. Bible to try to find it. The, the, the pale horse, the green horse, is death and hell. And uh, then the fifth seal is where people were murdered, slain for the word of God. And the sixth seal uh, is, is where uh, we have what we call um, the cosmic change, where uh, the sun and the moon and, and sun stars are black. falling. And then from there, all the way through the 18th chapter, almost actually all the way through the 19th chapter, because in 1911, Jesus is coming back. In verse 13, he's got a sash that says the word of God. His saints are with him. And he comes back, and the battle of Armageddon takes place. Now, we know that the rapture is going to be like seven years before that. I wish I had time to give you the places where Jesus said he got all over their case because they didn't know what the seasons were. Um, But in Mark 13 and... Zechariah 14, I've got 40 seconds. And Luke 12, 56, he said, you need to learn how to discern the time. Folks, Jesus is coming back. Amen. Thank you for listening to Ask the Preacher, and you have a great day. God bless you guys.